Lorena Davis, Detroit's Queen of the Blues here, and I want to invite you down the night before Thanksgiving to the Detroit Distillery's Whiskey Factory. This is an annual event. We're going to bring you whiskey. We're going to bring you blues. We're going to have a good time. You got to get your tickets early, though. Last year, we sold out. Said I'd given up on love. Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit Is Different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit Is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store. Okay. All right, we are back in full effect at the Detroit is Different podcast studios. And I'm always talking about different people that are special, different people that are cool, different people that are important and add to the culture of Detroit. And no one adds to the culture of Detroit like I know, like this lady here and also her better half. We got Jam and Thornetta in full effect in the Detroit is Different podcast studios. How are you guys today? I'm doing good. Doing good, man. Doing really good. Man. Yeah, okay. thanks for having us. Almost on the same tone, Jam cool as always. You hear, you hear. It's almost like I'm about to have him do like a, a, a oh night quiet God. store mix or something. <laughs> <laughs> he'll yeah. start it, he'll do it. Yeah, no, this is my inside voice, you know. <laughs> All right, so if you don't know, this is the queen of blues for Detroit, but a songstress, vocalist, artist, a creative. Uh, when we think about culture in Detroit and the Detroit story, she's been on Detroit is Different before. Yeah. But this time along, she brought uh, who, when we generally talk business or anything creative, Jam's with her too. And Jam is in full effect today too. Jam, a heck of a percussionist. Yeah. Uh, almost like all the people that I think are real cool and I look at and say, man, how do you know this guy? They they have stories with Jam. And that goes That's for right. Jalo. Goes mm. for Mahindi. Oh, that boy. definitely goes for Ross Kente. Yeah, all my heroes. <laughs> Jam's got, got a lot of good stories. I told him one day he should do a movie about yes. his life. Yes, and he remembers a lot of different mm -hmm. things and how things intersect with culture and people. Uh, black man, who mm -hmm. I think is the, like when I generally ask people the question, so you all will know this question. Mm -hmm. If you uh, can name a street after, if you could rename Woodward after any person, who would it be and why? And I think <laughs> black man is... Not just because it's black man. Yeah. No, no, no. Like I understand it. It's just like an intersection of everything Detroit. He's one yeah. of the few yeah. people that he could say anything and you'd be like, I believe that. Yeah. yeah. From I was hanging out with Madonna to um my mom was like the first person to you know win the lottery and lost the ticket or like any story wow. he was willing to give i'd yeah. be like okay yeah. i believe i believe no it. no black man is special he 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 was had a lot to do with us even being together yeah. so so uh black man has touched a whole lot of people's lives man i i remember that story he said yeah. he was djing a set yeah yeah yeah. He said he was yeah. DJing a set and Thornetta finished performing somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And he said, Come on by where he was DJing. Mm -hmm. And I was by myself. I went down there and um I was by myself that night. I'm not sure. Yeah, you were by yourself. And um mm -hmm. 
James happened to be there with his cousin yeah. from Cleveland. But you know, um, I think black man operates on a whole nother level <laughs> of, of creativity and spiritualism. Mm -hmm. So my cousin was up for a uh, casino trip from Cleveland. And it's like a day trip. And he decided he wanted to see what Detroit was doing. And he just wanted to get out of the casino. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm like, come on with me. And we go by the uh, art gallery where the black man is spinning, you know. So we had to be buzzed in. So black man comes to the door. And he said, hey, Jam, what's up? And I'm like, yeah, it's all good. And he said, I see you brought your cousin with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he never seen my cousin before. Hmm. He never met my cousin. How did he know that was my cousin? Maybe it's an uh, uh, ancient resemblance somewhere in the DNA, but mm -hmm. he picked it up in a second. Before you even introduced him. And, and Yeah, before I even introduced <laughs> him. And, and so my cousin and I looking uh, dumbfounded, like, mm -hmm. how did he know? Uh-huh. So he's operating on a whole nother frequency than, you know, normal people. And and definitely, definitely when we think about intersecting different people, because mm -hmm. he, he tells that story. Yeah. He tells that story yeah. at a party and you all dancing the night away, yeah. meeting yeah. and not disconnecting since. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow, he's telling that story. It it was it had got to the point where we would <clears throat> we would come there and party with him on Fridays and and then he would play as long as we were there. <laughs> but one time we 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 went to another room, another art gallery, another room or a yeah. room in his gallery, and we didn't know that the place is getting ready to shut down. We were the last people there. We were just talking. Mm -hmm. It was early in our relationship. We were just getting to know each other, and black man go, "Hey, yo." Uh, we closed. <laughs> <laughs> that's I was a like, good, oh, for real? That's a, that's a good yeah, impersonation, We're just sitting there too. talking. We're having a, a good time. That's man. a good impersonation, too. Yeah. Hey, right. Yo, hey, yo, we closed. <laughs> that's a, it's like, does that mean I have to leave? Or? Right. <laughs> yeah. so, so when we think about that, music has taken... You are across the world. Yeah. And recently, especially like in the last couple months, mm -hmm. touching so much of the world. Oh, yeah. With the Detroit flair, with the Detroit style. Um, you told a story not too long ago when we did the commercial for the upcoming show mm -hmm. about what it was like just bringing that Detroit blues to a blues festival. Where, okay. T tell the story for the people. Well, I, you know, I think... It's when you think blues, most of the people think that Chicago or the southern states is where blues resonates from. They don't really think about Detroit being a place where blues is known. But there's a lot of uh, famous blues artists. Johnny Hooker came from uh, Detroit. And I think Sunhouse ended up uh, living there for some while. And then you got Sippy Wallace and Alberta Adams, Johnny Bassett, all the people that influenced me were from Detroit. So people don't normally hear that Detroit has blues. So they think Motown. So I'm, it's my mission to prove that Detroit has roots with blues also. I mean, when, when people come up from, from down South, there were musicians who came to Detroit first and then, went their way to Chicago. Mm -hmm. But Detroit was the first stop, you know. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's that's why my mission is to show that we got blues here in Detroit. And internationally mm-hmm. and on large, I guess, platforms where blues mm-hmm. is, as an independent artist, you are getting a lot of shine. Yeah. I do believe that it has a lot to do with the the fact that my city has backed me for so long. And then when they made me Detroit's queen of the blues, that puts me at a, another level to the rest of the blues world where I would think, well, they must really respect this woman to make her the queen mm-hmm. of their city, you know? And so when they announced me, give it up for Detroit's queen of the blues, it's a big deal for the people over in Europe. They mm-hmm. were like, we have a queen, you know, even mm-hmm. though the most of the blues world wouldn't see me as the queen of all the blues. But just to know that I'm somebody's queen and they they gave me the title means a lot to them. And that was a unique event, too. Yeah. That was a fun event to go to as well. My yeah. guy mom, Joanne Watson, came out for it as yes. well. Um, yes. So she was like, oh, because I remember it we were it was earlier that day with with my aunt helen love loves your stuff too i love her too and um and we earlier in the day she was like we're gonna go see joanne preach so then she walked over to us she was like what are you guys going to do later you know joanne watson Mm -hmm. and i was like well you know thornetta is gonna get this uh honor she's like i'm coming (laughs) i looked up and she was there yeah and the whole ceremony um, everyone that was there, mm-hmm. uh, the passing of the torch and yes. a lot of blues. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, a society, a, a culture within itself. Mm-hmm. Like I used to think Detroit hip hop was in this same vein. And that's why I feel Detroit is different. It's mm-hmm. so many subsets and so many different cultural breakdowns where you'll feel like, man, it's a whole world of this that yeah. just on so many levels and blues has that. Yes, it does. And my girlfriend, uh, Nikki James, produced that whole um, awards uh, mm-hmm. show. It was Blues Girls of Summer. And I think that was the second Blues Girls of Summer that she had put up, produced. Mm-hmm. And she goes, you know, we have to do the crowning at the Blues Girls of Summer. And I was like, wow, that's, that sounds perfect. And she says, and the girls will be the, the um, what is she yeah, called? What, ladies in Waiting? No. <laughs> ladies in Waiting, no. is that what it is? No. I can't remember what but she called them, but it was just, debutantes. Or no. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the fact that they have all the other blues queens there, mm-hmm. you know, that that helped honor me. That was that was just so cool. It was <clears throat> really cool. The court is what I want to say. Queens uh, court. The girls would be the court. <laughs> it was really cool and classic. Uh, it was some gumbo there. Yes. It was it was hot as ever because it was in the summer. Yeah. August uh, and fun, uh, another mm-hmm. fun event. Luther Keith was in there, yeah. uh, and, and you just bump into a different side of Detroit culture mm-hmm. when it comes to bumping into these different blues events. Yes, you yeah. know, cool stories uh, mm-hmm. and different players. Mm-hmm. And we we've had this discussion before when people go back through the archives of Detroit is different, and now with other interviews and podcasts popping up about Detroit music. Let's talk a little bit about the direction of Detroit music in other places. Mm-hmm. How are other people receiving your brand of uh, of music and style? Oh, we we get well, we get well response, standing ovations. Mm-hmm. Um 
I think the fact that we're from Detroit is always always bringing the attention to our music. People say when you hear the word Detroit, they, they expect something good coming. Hmm. And that's everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. They don't know what it's going to be. Some people say I didn't really like blues until I heard yours. You mm-hmm. know, they figured just because I'm from Detroit, something good is coming. So we're going to check her out. We went out to Denver uh, early part of the year. Yeah. And they had a whole Detroit week. Hmm. Yeah. Now, th- I thought that <clears throat> was that was really cool mm-hmm. and, and uh, supported, uh, supportive of them. Oh, I'm, I'm just trying to remember the name of the place. I can't remember the name, but it was Dazzles. Dazzles. Dazzles in Denver, mm-hmm. and that yeah. week they had Dave McMurray. Oh, okay. Uh huh. They had um, John Sinclair, who was there the wow. same day we were, and they had a couple other James Carter. James Carter. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, like a mix of R and B, blues, yes. each night, jazz. Each night. Yes. Yeah. And to come mm-hmm. to find out, one of the owners was from Detroit. Okay. And he wanted to bring the folks that he loved from his own hometown to perform at his own club. Mm. And it was, it was beautiful. It was so, so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say they, they should do that here in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> Detroit. Just have a deal. Yeah. Ain't that something? Ain't that something? Yeah. So, so with that and on this mission, uh, it's also a mission of love because mm-hmm. the both of you all yeah. travel together, play together, work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what is that like to experience so much of the artistry and culture together while being with the one you love? Hmm. Okay, why y'all looking at me? Because <laughs> I want to see what you gonna say. Oh yeah, you, you know, let's let's. Uh, there's a there's a lot of levels to this. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's. Um, the fact that we are married and we support each other. But there's a creative side to this um, that, and a spiritual side to it. And uh, the creative side is the, um, the music and the outlet that it created for Thornetta to, to create these songs and uh, the music and things. And then the spiritual side is is part of our part of our uniting and the many blessings that it took for us to not only get married to, and to have a wedding and we realize that uh what much is given much is expected and we've been trying to push this music which has messages of love unity spirituality it has that in it, and uh, it's heavy laden with messages. These are songs from the heart, mm-hmm. and and that spirituality, along with the dancing and the singing and to make you feel good. I mean, uh, she's got songs to help you um, <clears throat> bust out of your constrictions, be it a bad relationship, be it uh, internal fears that you may have and the unknown and and her learning about herself and how to manage your business and things. I want him to answer the question that you asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ask the question again. The question mm-hmm. in it. And and, and I, I believe he was probably gonna get to that. We know Jam mm-hmm. Jam. Yeah, that, like I like I was philosophy. saying it's it's but a lot of levels. The to question this. is, mm-hmm. what is this experience like being with the one you love? Experiencing 
traveling the world in artistry, creativity, and yeah. business, yeah. and in in building that bond. What's that experience like? Now, the building. Uh, I'm I'm watching all of this unfold, and and it it may af- affect me more than how it's happening to her. I've seen some of these songs get written, and then I've seen some people cry from hearing the songs. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the whole process. I've seen the recording of these songs, and I and and I see the power in these songs. But uh, when it comes to us as a relationship, oh, it's a beautiful thing for us to be able to travel e- together and to witness these blessings and dreams come true together. Uh, we have so we have more victories than we do losses. Yeah. And we're still winning, but we're still in the game. We still roll up our sleeves and go to work. A lot of times people think we're uh, on vacation, you yeah. know, because we go into these places. But it's work. The thing is, we're not young. You know, mm. I, if we could have done this 30 years ago, it would be something to to really be jumping up and down. But I, I, I'm older now. He's older now, and we're we're being set out here, you know, doing things that younger people do, traveling all over the world all the time. Yeah, it's a it's a young person's game. I said it's a young person's profession. Profession, yeah. <laughs> but, but I I'm enjoying the fact that I'm doing what I love to do with the man that I love, mm-hmm. and I believe God gave James to me. You know, mm-hmm. gave us to each other. Yeah, and. And, and this is like, all I ever ever wanted throughout my whole life is to have somebody to share my life with, mm. and um, and God gave him to me when I turned forty. Mm. And I think that it's so cool yeah. because of that. And I look at you know when I think of of what happens in the career of a creative, mm-hmm. of an artist, and what blossoms. And you planted so many seeds both of you mm-hmm. early on in artistry that now a lot of those seeds are coming to fruition even right. the way you all work with me as as i'm as, as i'm oh, getting well, better with well, what i'm working on well, and what yeah. i'm doing and i can't wait to like okay it's gonna get bigger and it's gonna get better for thornetta mm-hmm. it's gonna get bigger and it's gonna get better for thornetta and i know that's just not me it's it's everyone you guys are touching um mm-hmm. just having an opportunity and offering uh, to share the talent, the skill, the experience. It's amazing. But you play a good part in that yeah, too. Yeah, you because influence. You, you, and, yeah, we inspire res- us too. Yes, you. yes, you yeah. do. I mean, it's amazing what you do, and, and we see that. And I'm amazed by, by a lot of young people who uh, are going for their dreams, and you're one of them, you mm-hmm. know, especially here in the city of Detroit. When I when I was coming up, we had to wait for a record label or somebody to do it for us. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't get somebody to do it for you, then you just was a talent unheard. Mm. And the the young people and how they operate nowadays and get into the social media and promote themselves inspire me to stay on the grind like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I meet so many artists who I've come up with who who don't do the, the social media who who don't do Facebook and, and they're just as talented or even more so talent but they don't feel like going through all the things it takes to promote themselves 
they want it. They want the the uh, attention. They want mm-hmm. to perform more. They want to do whatever it takes to do it, but they don't want to do the stuff that it takes to get there. You know. Mm-hmm. And I, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't feel like going online, but I got to. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the things that come with the territory. So I'm inspired by folks who do it. Mm-hmm. I, I look at all of y'all pages and mm-hmm. your websites and your podcasts, and I'm like, still on that grind, throwing at her. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's working. Yeah, and I'm glad that <clears throat> I'm glad I can have like a piece into that. Like uh, you, uh, like some of the coolest people and most talented people, I think, are like the people closest to me. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, God bless and God rest Mama Barnes. Yes. Uh, but I, I look at you, I look at Amp Fiddler, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and I think to myself, like, man, this is just like so cool and so creative, mm-hmm. uh, especially your brand of blues, because it, it, it encompasses other elements and a lot of those other elements that I really tie into deal with jam himself. Like yes. the percussion itself yes. accents things differently. He brings the African <laughs> to, to my yes. music. Yeah. I'm there for the dance floor, <laughs> man. <That's... laughs> okay. So, so leading up to this, because I never got the chance to introduce this to the Detroit is different audience. What's your tie in? What's your history with blues music? And did you ever think that through percussion, you would be here offering that talent into blues. Yeah. Now, yeah, that's a good question, man. Um, because I've always my mother listened to blues and my father listened to jazz and mm-hmm. and uh and as I come up we were listening to Motown and and funk and things like that. But but I started listening to blues because of my mother and and then here it was Christmas of 1996. Mm-hmm. My mother gave me, as a Christmas gift, a harmonica, hmm. and told me that I was going to be a blues man. In in what year? 96. So that, so 96 wasn't as long ago, but it wasn't that long ago. It yeah, was you right. were you were you were already in the other other instruments. Yeah, I was going to say. At that time, I was knee deep in the funk, man. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I was, I mean, alternative funk. I mean, heavy metal funk, ghetto mm-hmm. metal, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, I watched hip hop uh, develop into uh, a more uh, uh, band and music oriented, mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of the Detroit bands were doing at that time. And blues wasn't even a thought for me, mm-hmm. and but. Uh, as things unfolded, I do see that not only blues as a music, it's our our heritage, our culture, mm-hmm. and our inheritance. If yes. there's one thing that our ancestors gave to us, it was the blues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 through these blues, if we if we uh treat it right, it can take us to places we've never been mm-hmm. and and i i realize and respect this i got into the blues by watching thornetta and the chisel brothers and so on and then the high point for me was uh i was able to go along with the detroit blues all-stars which was thornetta uh johnny bassett and terry thunder along joe with joe weaver mm-hmm along with RJ Spangler mm-hmm. and and his his group Paul Carey mm-hmm. a lot of and 
Um, there's so many in this group, and they went to the Lucerne Blues Festival in Lucerne, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And and I was able to go along through some uh, unique events that led up to that. Yeah. I, I believe RJ put this package together and sold it to them. But uh, it was, we stayed in a five-star hotel, one of the finest in the Kings world. Kings and queens stayed there. Yes, yes. And uh, so after one of those all night flights, getting to Lucerne, and and uh, we get to our room, beautiful rooms, beautiful hotel, and and we unpack. And uh, so Thorne is taking a nap, so I decided to take a walk around the hotel just to see what's going on, because I'm fascinated uh, with Lucerne has a natural beauty. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I go down as the as the festival organizers meeting is being concluded and and as i come down there they invite me over to have uh some rare cognac i'm seeing they sitting there after the meeting with rare cognac and cuban cigars Mm -hmm. so i sit right in the middle of them and they hand me a cognac and a cuban cigar so i haven't been here not even an hour yet and yet i'm sitting here in a five-star hotel drinking rare cognac smoking a cuban cigar and it hits me like this is the blues Mm -hmm. this this is this is blues heaven Mm -hmm. and i'm sitting in a spot that there are blues players that never get to see this Mm -hmm. yeah and 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 it opened my eyes to the power of the blues and 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 of course on that blues show they had some of the greatest uh they're gone now james cotton mm-hmm. charlie musselwhite yep. oh oh the oh i Slappy, uh, oh no yeah i know you're talking about no i'm talking about the guy that played the violin and the keyboards and the guitar uh gate mouth brown. brown oh my oh, god yeah. I, i'm sitting at at the dinner table with all of these people the greatest that ever played the blues oh and 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 but that i'm just saying to 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 answer your question that moment let me see how great this could be whether it's it's this is not a fad this is the real deal he came upstairs was like hey donata hey the blues is all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Did you yeah. go into the song? Yeah. Right. The blues is all right. I talk about saw it with my own. Uh, I saw it. I tasted it. Uh, <laughs> it the blues is all right. Blues is all right. Mm-hmm. And it just percussion has a different feel as you said back to our african rhythms and you know mm-hmm. another one of yeah. my favorite big homies is uh mm-hmm. butch um yeah butch smalls yeah. so mm-hmm. so i w- one of the days like i was like let me go through all the stuff he's played on because he just forgets everything he's played on and i'm like you played on all this stuff mm-hmm. you know and then uh seeing him live with all these different instruments and stuff like that with percussion i'm like wow it's like adding so many accents and mm-hmm. that's still what's even different about your show. Like sometimes you're thinking like, can you hear jam? Can you not hear jam? But you Mm -hmm. hear it, Mm -hmm. but it's like in a rhythm and it's keeping a pace Mm -hmm. and like keeping, as you say, keeping the dancing going, Mm -hmm. but keeping Mm -hmm. the body moving and keeping the, the, uh, the spirit of it. So having that feel like a butch, like having that, 
that essence of African and funk and adding that to the blues. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your approach? Like, what cre- creatively, like, is it just one of those things? Because, you know, a lot of people think it's just like, is that guy just slapping stuff? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm still learning, of mm-hmm. course. But but what I find is the, the drummer has the beat. Mm-hmm. So so that means that I can do the rhythm, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if you had two guitar players, you got a lead guitar player, mm-hmm. which let's say that's representing the beat, and then you have a rhythm guitar player. But, uh, of course, whatever Thornetta hears and whatever she likes, because she tells me a lot of times, come on, come on, bring it, bring it, mm-hmm. you know. I'm owning because I'm like, look, you wouldn't be in my band if I didn't think you could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't care if you're my husband or not. Right, <laughs> yes. right, right. Yeah. But the fact is, I'm thankful that I do have a husband who's a musician also, and we mm-hmm. could travel together and and do things. A lot of the times, the the audience where we go, mm-hmm. they see him as the exotic part of mm-hmm. the uh, the band because he's bringing African, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So you'll see a bunch of women over there dancing on his yeah. side of the yeah. audience. Yeah, that's when I know it's working. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know. <what> I- <laughs> Like he's the African guy. Yeah, uh. like the the shakers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and then for you adding that in, what is what's it like for you filling that in blues because that's different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know that there used to be back in the day. I mean, BB King had percussions in his blues mm-hmm. band for a while too. Who else? Mm-hmm. You named a couple of people. Uh, I'm trying to think. Outside of BB King, I know mm-hmm. James Brown, of course, but mm-hmm. he was rhythm and blues. But yeah, uh, back in the seventies, conga players in the band was was, was regular. Regular, yeah, yeah. But in the, I guess with the advent of drum machines in eight oh eight, I guess you don't need percussion. Well, the thing is, too, a lot of the blues music being played now is mostly white folks playing the blues, so they don't normally think about adding yeah, uh, yeah. African drums mm, to right. their music. But, you but know. It, let's let's go back in the early days of the blues. You had guys playing washboards, yeah, uh, jugs, mm-hmm. blowing in jugs, washboards, and and uh, it was really a percussive sound. Hand claps like like uh, John Lee Hooker mm-hmm. when he yeah. starts off his 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 uh, his music. You hear a foot pap. Yeah, I was gonna say. Tapping. I was gonna say the foot. Yeah. That, that 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 starts it off in hand claps and foot padding and finger popping. All mm-hmm. of that's percussion, you know. And, and, and the roots really of blues, mm-hmm. as it was funny when you say, uh, like time through somebody that recognizes the rhythm in it. But like Keith Richards one day in an interview was saying, like, you know, you get older and you have a better appreciation for the blues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, That's what it I, is. Yeah. And I tie into that mm-hmm. because it's like the roots it's of the roots. what that's what that spiritual journey mm-hmm. as us being here mm-hmm. through enslavement. I, yeah. I think it yeah. kind of goes through the gospel and through blues. And like yeah. that's kind of the intersection of what the mm-hmm. I guess yeah. they would say the old Negro spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Come well, blues, like right blues was from born one out of or the both. It, it's like mm-hmm. it's like the gospel and the blues are kind of like the balance. And then from those trees come rock and roll, R and B, funk, uh mm-hmm. hip hop, um, yeah. Jazz, almost everything, everything else kind of falls in those different trees right there. Yeah, like you say, it's a branch off of the the uh, 
Willie Dixon said, blues is at the roots and everything else is the fruits, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And like you say, R&B and hip hop is just a branch off the blues tree, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's deeply rooted in African uh, Mm -hmm. culture. And and, and I just come across this 1619 project by the New York Times. But what I realized, and this, this has happened within the past couple of months this year that I realized that the only time that under enslavement and oppression that you can feel free is when you play in music mm-hmm. because now you you free to play whatever it is you want to play say whatever you want to say sing it however you want to sing it and and that was uh the only freedom you had you know, and uh, and they celebrated that free freedom, and and so now the slave owner would say, "You got to watch." You know, he let them jump up and down on maybe Saturday night, let them let them dance and sing, and and they get to performing and and being free, and you see this, you know, yeah. and and uh, of course there's work songs, of course there's songs about oh woe is me, you know, but there's songs about. Oh, up the road I'm going. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's there's so many things that blues did in order. To, it was therapy. It was uh, it, it was, was actually born out of of the oppression of the slaves. Yeah, mm-hmm. oppression of 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 a people who had nothing else, and it was the only way they could relieve that pain and that oppression is to sing. And and we were never really owned the music; we created it. Right. And and with that comes your brand that you bring mm-hmm. to the blues because like you've even said before in interviews it's like mm-hmm. you know people won't come and you know you're not going to leave crying right it's 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 uplifting mm-hmm. especially with the last album yeah. uh your last project is uh very it, it's 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 inspirational. It's not mm-hmm. like a a dime trotting. You know, right? I right. Hate it's, the world, got, it's got songs I'm, in there to right, let right. you know that yes, I've been through some pain, mm-hmm. but I, I can overcome it. I have overcome it, mm-hmm. and and here's why I am right now. You know, I'm believing that God brings us through our pains. We all have them. We all go through it. We all live through the blues. You just got to remember that in the end trouble don't last always Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and all these cliches everything will be all right you know and that's the only thing that got me up out of my blues you Mm -hmm. know and as we also extend from our last interview as Mm -hmm. we touched on in our last interview but at that point she was just your daughter but now your daughter yeah has extended to the granddaughter yes i'm a grandmama Mm -hmm. my little granddaughter ava Yes, yes. And, and I'm sure we'll be partying it up uh, for the holidays with you. Yeah, they're coming. They're coming all the way up from down south um, to visit Grandmama. Mm-hmm. I didn't been down there a couple of times since she's been born. She's only six months old. So, but you know, I, I can't wait to put my arms around her again. And what what's uh, do, are you in your writing process mm-hmm. are you going to be writing about that experience is that adding <laughs> to what what's moving in your pen for your next project because i can only imagine mm-hmm. that that you know are you going to add an i accent? hope so you know i'm i'm one of those writers who don't get inspired like everybody else does every day they write a song mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. it's work for me and, and I don't want it to be work. Mm-hmm. I want the song just to come through me. Um, most of the songs, basically all of the songs on Honest Woman did that. That's why it took 20 years for me to finish the album mm-hmm. because I would just write it when it came to me and it immediately comes through me. I put it down and then I sing it. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had that muse happen to me in the last several years since the album has been out. I had one song I just wrote um, a couple of weeks ago, and James likes it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's called. Oh, yeah, uh, it's, it's a hit, man. It's a hit. <laughs> we just trying. I don't even gonna say yeah. anything yet. She's just don't don't don't, don't spill I'm it. But it it's it, the one song, so I'm hoping that I will be inspired to do even more, so I can get the next record out. Because I got folks coming at me like they did the last twenty years. When you gonna have a record? When you gonna have? They did that to me for twenty years, and my answer was the same one I'm giving right now. When God sees it fit. Okay. You okay. Know? She, I she, did a. Tw- I've been doing my career for thirty years now. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say uh, she, <clears throat> she's a great singer, but I, I think she's becoming a a great writer mm-hmm. and producer, hmm. and 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 that's one of the things that uh, the honest woman gave yeah, her. It gave me that the ability to know that I can produce a record. Hmm. You know, I can pull together musicians and, and to relay the ideas I have in my head because I thought because I couldn't play an instrument that I couldn't get what I hear in my head to come to the musician and let them know and it's just about talking mm-hmm. singing it out you but know? you you have a heck of a band too yes so yes. so on the on the record mm-hmm. um I had uh, Brett Lucas on the guitar mm-hmm. for most of it and then I had um, Larry McRae, who also played guitar mm-hmm. on one of the songs, and Paul, the late great Mr. Paul Carey, played guitar mm-hmm. on one of the songs. So I had a a whole uh, plethora of wonderful Detroit artists mm-hmm. who, who who played on this record. This record was so important for me to make it a Detroit mm-hmm. musician record, mm-hmm. you know. And some of them are gone. Like I said, Paul is gone now. And um, Marcus, Marcus is Belgrave gone. is gone now. Mm. So, and they all just blessed this, this CD. So, mm. I feel like it couldn't do anything bad. Mm. Patty Charleston. You know? mm. What's Patty's last name? Um, Patty, Patty Charleston. Okay. Yeah. okay. My mm. girlfriends, Rosanna, Rosemary Matthews, sang on it. I, I grew up singing with them. And, and their sister, Patty, also came along on Sister Friends. Mm. So and all of the other wonderful women who had gave their gift to helping me sing Sister Friends indeed. You know. Mm. So it, that album was blessed. Yeah, it's great. it's a pure Detroit album. Um I always say it's it's close to 100 people. Yeah. Uh-huh. And some of it was even recorded in the historic United Sound. Hmm. And uh we're still trying to figure out ways to give it more feet so that it can reach other parts of the world. I want my album to do like um, Six Toes album did. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the name? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Looking for Sugar <laughs> Looking Man. Looking for Sugar. Yeah. <laughs> I want my album to be all the way in Australia somewhere uh-huh. and come back. And yeah. and, and I know I, he he's like famous over there and didn't yeah. even know it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that it gets that kind of attention. 
Have you, uh, is vinyl going to be like one of the next steps? You know, I was told that I should put that album on vinyl. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be it. And also, I'm doing more music videos for the songs. Mm -hmm. I'm getting ready to create another music video right now. uh, Detroit is different, listeners. Kari may be behind the realm. (laughs) Kari partnered with Cousin Lumumba of a Thornetta video sometime. I got plenty of songs now. Come on. Yes, yes. Yes. So, so don't be surprised if you see that in the mm-hmm. uh, catalog of something. Mm-hmm. We just got to come up with the theme. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely tell you if I shoot a video, we will have black man make an appearance <laughs> somewhere in well, the video. Well, there is a, a video that Thornetta did with a black man. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's a, it's a, it's amazing. You know, he, did, did you he's Did you see his music video? Which one? I've oh, seen God. It. What's was, the name of it? Oh, my goodness. Um. I'm having a moment here. It oh. is called. Uh, well, if it comes up, y'all mm. go ahead and talk. I, I, I'll just blurt it out. So, so that's the creative process in writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about for for the? Uh, I guess capturing just the live show. Do you yeah. see maybe like a live project in in the works anytime soon or? Not at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, well, sort of. We we um, we we're going to try to uh, put something together with Kim Wilson. I'd I'd love to record me and Kim Wilson, who's on the album singing. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to sing the blues, and we're getting ready to go to do a blues cruise in January. Okay. So I would like to record us performing that song. He he told me when we were in Denmark that he he would sing with me on that song because mm-hmm. I've been trying to get him and me on the same stage doing that song live since the album's release. Mm-hmm. And um, he couldn't do it in Denmark. But he said, don't worry, I got you with the cruise. So okay. I'm looking forward to performing with him. And James, I said, James, you have to leave the stage and get yeah. this on camera. Yeah, somehow, some way. Because we don't have anybody coming with us with a camera. We're going to get it done. Okay. Okay. But actually, because I know sometimes that can be daunting. And mm-hmm. I just know as a fan personally, it'd be great to capture your show live. Yeah. Well, you know, when I do another great big show, mm-hmm. I'm calling you. Okay. I know you can do it. <laughs> well, with that task, mm-hmm. yeah. definitely, we will make that happen. That's yeah. something that I would look forward to. Yeah. And um, as as we get to a close of this interview, um, Definitely come out, join us as we continue this uh, bar night and blues and have some bourbon with us. It was Uh, good, too. Oh, yeah. It it had some kick. Mm -hmm. It had some kick. You know, but you will be able to kick back and and have some fun with Thornetta. I'm going to get into some classic Detroit is Different questions Mm -hmm. that I didn't get into last time for both of you guys. So, first classic Detroit is Different question. Um, I'm going to go to Jam first. Mm -hmm. And then I'll come back to you, Thornetta. What was your very first car? And what was the year making model and what year did you get it? Oh man, that's a good question. Uh let me see here. My very first car. Now there was a okay. I'm gonna make a long story short. My very first car was a 65 Lincoln mm. Suicide Doors, 450, no. 429 my father gave me and my father at the time my mother and father 
had got divorced and my mm. father was moving. And he had just got a loan for another 65 Lincoln. Oh, man, I know. You're, and man, he told me, you can have this car. It needed a water pump. Mm. And and it needed a water pump. He told me, you can have this car until the finance company come to get it. <laughs> <laughs> so hey. my cousin hey, and I put a water pump on that car, and I drove it, and I parked it everywhere in the neighborhood just to keep them from finding it. And then one day I just run in the house for a minute to get something. And, and it was on the tow truck. Yeah, they was pulling it out. It was it was uh, what they call it, repo wars. Yes. <laughs> how, how long did you have it? Uh, I had it for I'd, I'd say about three months, but that's a that's a long time but, to be ducking. It is. Yeah, I was ducking the Dyson, and I would drive it at night and and all that. But uh, how the, how old were you? I was at that time. I was sixteen. Oh man, you were the man in high school. Oh man, hey, I, actually, every, everybody it, in high school was like, "Hey, hey give me a ride." This was, no more bus. This is a this is during the days with Deuce in the quarters and nine eights, and then here I pull up in the Lincoln, you know, and you know, it was like with, ah, no heat, but <laughs> every 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 girl in high school was yeah. like, ah. and 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 the cars that I would drive were were hand me down cars. The car that I officially paid money for. Uh-huh. I got from my brother, mm-hmm. and I paid him a couple of hundred bucks. Okay, and and uh, I had to have a motor put in it. That's that's but, a little bit more than a water pump. Yeah, it's it was a '66 Wildcat, man. Oh I don't even God. know what a Wildcat. Who oh, makes a Wildcat? Uh, Buick was making Wildcats. Well, see, man. I don't oh even man, know what a it, that's, is. that car sharp today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me ask you this: Where was the first place you went in the Lincoln when you got it? Oh, back to school. Got to got to ride okay. around the school, man. Got to ride gotta around, ride school, around yeah. the school. <laughs> yeah, a couple of times, you know, you know, till till it heats, till it overheats, you know. <laughs> you know, you have not put water in it. Yeah, yeah. I rode around with a five gallon can, you know, with water. <laughs> yeah, looking cool, me and my boys. You know, yeah. I parked it a lot, you know. <laughs> You had it. That's all. Just that. hanging out. Had guys hanging out of the car, the car hollering at the girls. You know. Hey, that's that. Get out my car. Yeah. Pure, pure Detroit culture. Pure yeah. Detroit culture, right there. Yeah, I, I was gonna say if you went to a, a a White Castle on a Saturday night, that whole back row would be nothing but Lincolns and Deuce and the Quarters and everything. <laughs> Everybody's just hanging out, you know, hanging out. Mm-hmm. Now that's something in Detroit culture. I did not know people. See, I told him we should do a movie. Car culture, man. It's He's car got culture. like the black version of Stand by Me. <laughs> oh, okay. All the stories that I've heard him tell. <laughs> I, I like Stand by Me was one of my favorite uh-huh. movies. But I, I, the stories he tells, I see his people doing crazy stuff, and mm-hmm. yeah. And it's, one of my favorite stories is my. Uh, there was a. A guy I went to school with his name Michael Parker, and mm. and his father, and my father were friends. They worked together, and his father gave him a '66 Lincoln. Wow. And here I am. We pull up at the at the car wash. I'm watching, washing. I say, "You washing your daddy's car?" He say, "No, I'm washing my car. You washing your daddy's car?" I say, "No, this is my car." Wow. <laughs> and we would, it would. We would just ride around and just us two, you know, Tam just hmm. showing off, you know. We had a ball with it. Same question for you. What was your very first car? <laughs> Ooh, my first car was a really old Nova that I paid a hundred bucks for. Mm. 
it had a hole under my foot. Mm. And when it rained, the water would come up in the floor. Wow. But I didn't have any transportation. But you were rolling. And I was rolling. I remember Wani being a little little girl. Mommy, when we going to get a new car? Wow. <laughs> so I said, we're going to get a new car one of these days, baby. I'm not sure when, but we're going to get it. This one works for us right it now. Was, it was rolling. Where was the first place you went? Oh, shoot. Taking Wani to school. Mm. You know? Uh, take my daughter to school in the morning. And I took okay. her to school every morning until she graduated from, from a king, Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Hi. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And and definitely one of the uh one of the smartest people I've ever met is your daughter. Yes. <laughs> to this day. Yes, she is. <laughs> to yes, this is. day. So now the question goes to you. If you <clears throat> were the DJ at the end of the Detroit fireworks mm-hmm. and you get to play three songs. You're at Woodward and Jefferson. What three songs are you playing? Wow. What's that? No. Tough question. That is a tough one. Fireworks. What am I listening to? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I mean, I like so much. All these songs are in my head. Um, three songs. Three mm-hmm. songs. You three. say? Oh, yeah. that's that's hard. That's hard. I can't think of any right now. I can pull them up on my phone. Hold up. Okay. What you got to check your playlist? What's, yes, check my playlist. What's up? You know, I I I witnessed this thing once. Um, I was at the uh, fireworks one of the first times I yeah. I went down to Hart Plaza to see the fireworks. Uh, the band Midnight Sky was playing. Dave McMurray, Dave oh. Miles, uh, a lot of great players in that band. Harry Bonds, and uh, and uh, they were they were singing. And after the fireworks, just before the fireworks went off, uh, they were going to do a Rick James. Uh, so he went yo ho, and then it went boom, pow, bam, you know. And the mm. timing was great, you know. But afterwards, I'm if you're a DJ, yeah, okay, that's smart. Get up and dance away your blues. Okay. Um, I believe everything's gonna be all right. Okay. And ain't no stopping us now, ain't mine. But I like that one. I got you. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Ain't no stopping us now. So let's see. The situation is this after the fireworks, we had Woodward and Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a party's waiting to happen. So, what I would do, I would start out with uh, Good Life. Oh, yeah. Mm, I would okay. do Good Life. And uh, I would go from Good Life to uh, 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 like a. Eyes Don't Cry by Stevie Wonder. Okay. Mm-hmm. People hustling. That's a good one. Yeah. Get them out dancing. And then, uh, um, and then I guess I would close it with uh, uh, an extended mix of Set Me Free by Tornetta. Okay. <laughs> you know. There that, we go. Uh, you know, and that would, that would just that would put the calm in everybody, but it keeps the dance level up, you know? Okay. Yeah. 
And now the last question goes to you. If you could rename Woodward after one D Trader, who would it be, and why? Yeah, that uh, until I can come up with somebody better other than uh, black man, it would be John Conyers. Okay. Yeah, I would yeah. say John Conyers. Okay. And uh, we we were blessed to have, uh, uh, I would say, an audience with John Conyers dealing with the issues of musicians getting their money mm-hmm. from licensing. licensing and things. And uh, he was adamant about that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he he tried to bring change to that. And, and uh, so for that, I would say not not about the work he did during the riots and things like that. That was that was uh, necessary. But uh, just the fact that he realized the importance of a Detroit musician. That's right. And 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 that they had a lot coming, you know. And so that would be my thing. I, uh, mm-hmm. Nothing against Augustus Woodward. I don't know who or what he did, but. John Conyers was for the people, you know. Mm-hmm. I think the history on Augustus Woodward was he was one of the first settlers of like the Michigan or the Detroit and the Michigan territory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he he made governor mm-hmm. before, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess he probably had Detroit. Uh, I heard it was something about he had it incorporated mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, it being owned by uh businesses mm. but maybe those days are still here i don't know where is augustus when you need him <laughs> yeah, very good point same question for you who would i name woodward after yep hmm. <clears throat> i would say there's a million names that's worthy of that but, oh it uh, is it is. Hmm. Woodward. Coleman Young. That is the most. Uh, That's the one. Coleman mm-hmm. Young. Mm-hmm. Why Why for you? Well, he was a great man for me. Mm-hmm. I remember when he was voted as the first black mayor of the city of Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I believe that he had. Detroit's best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. He had the black people in Detroit's best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. He was a smart man. He was he was brass yes. in the way he talked and, and act. But I know he loved the city of Detroit with every fiber of his being. Mm-hmm. And Woodward is that main drag up and down the street, you know. Mm-hmm. And I could just see that street being called mm-hmm. Coleman Young Boulevard. Okay. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that concludes this interview version for you guys both. I see you all coming back maybe in about two years, and we'll be talking about uh, <laughs> when you guys were touring Africa, yeah, Asia, yeah, the good old yeah, days. It's coming. Place. Yeah, you know, and uh, what was how did the Africans take the blues? That's right. All they right. say, yeah, welcome home. Yeah, we'd be bringing it back to <laughs> That's them. That's right. <laughs> we heard that before. Yeah. yeah. Be like, where y'all be? You guys did a great job with our music. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're going to yeah. say. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thanks for having us, man. And all the yeah. best to you. And, and uh, you're exactly what we need. I always mm-hmm. talk about. Uh, promotion and and getting the music out and right. getting the words out and getting the knowledge out because a lot of people don't have discussions on blues. 
They no. can they talk about hip hop and history of hip hop, but you got to go back deeper than that, you know. And, and, and you know, I love hip hop as, mm-hmm. as uh, like my favorite art form. But blues, the older I get, the more I'm connecting with it more. Um, it it fits differently, and and I think that you you need to search through as uh, one of my lifelong dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, is has always been the same way. Like I really liked BB uh, King and Cook County Jail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, classic, so, yes. classic. So it, it's still one of my dreams where mm-hmm. I, I just got to talk to the right people. We putting it out there where I want to get Thornetta at Wayne County. I want her to do something mm-hmm. there. I think that that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I'd love to go up in there and at least, at least sing to the women. And mm-hmm. that is something woman. that I think would be. Mm-hmm. really cool to capture live mm-hmm. uh, I know it can be done it has been done in other places mm-hmm. I know we have a different type of system here in Michigan of mm-hmm. all the all the pushback but mm-hmm. the blues records connect on a personal level that as much as I love hip hop it's an expression of it's almost like a, 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 a an expression of ego of where you want to go or if life will be better mm-hmm. blues sometimes has like such a a, a pulse of realness of where you're at mm-hmm. that it's you know some of your songs some bobby bland it's like yeah. man this is like this is like real this is mm-hmm. like real life you feel as though you're living it yeah. sometimes if i listen to hip-hop it's like okay maybe i can get to this point if that i aspire to mm-hmm. but it's not as touching it's not as mm-hmm. it's not as substantive from like the 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 grit of it so um those messages and that story, as you talk about it, tying to a story of our people mm-hmm. is really deep. Uh, and you find a, a good blues record. Like you say, it's the root of so many other mm-hmm. things. That's you right. know, some people just because it's slower and a lot of white folks sing it, they may label yeah, it they, country. They don't think it's blues anymore. Yeah. yeah. And they label it country. Or, but if you, you know, in, in, in hip hop, some of the subject matter mm-hmm. is the blues. Is the blues. Very much so when it's mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. when it's uh when it's not as artificial i think it's, it's a, a different, different it's a different music behind it but the subject matter mm-hmm. is still the blues when you're singing about lying and cheating and doing somebody wrong you're singing the blues mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if it, you're thinking about if you're singing about a, a bad condition and you want it to get better that's the blues mm-hmm. Things don't get no better. Up the road, I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's some great, it's some great blues artists out here. And it's, and it's kind of cool that the culture exists in Detroit, at least. Yeah. In a, in a, in a real direct way. You know, it's people out here still slamming it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so and you're definitely one of you. the, you know. Well, we call I call her a blues ambassador. Yes, a Detroit blues ambassador. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, stay hyping it, stay playing it. You know, I'm gonna stay right. loving it, and uh, we'll see you guys again. Definitely at the show, but here right. Detroit is different. Probably yeah. in about two more years again. Okay, yeah, that's gonna be some fun, see man. You. Don't miss it. Thank you, thank you. When I heard sometimes he takes away that pain. So I hope to see you the night before Thanksgiving here in Detroit at the Detroit Distillery's Whiskey Factory.